and open your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. I'm going to read very quickly for you, but I'm going to hit a lot of scripture tonight, but I'll read real quick and have you sit down and hit some of the other scriptures tonight. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 39. Amen. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says, and it came about, and or it came, and he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at that place, or at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed and sang, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven and strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Let us pray tonight. God, we thank you for your spirit that we fill in this house. We thank you for the worship team and this church tonight. But God, we ask that your word would go forth and penetrate hearts and lives. And Lord, let us be refreshed and renewed by the anointing of your word. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says amen. You may be seated tonight. Let me read verse 42 for you again, saying, Father, if thou be willing, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. But thine be done. Judges 6 and 17 says, this is Gideon talking to the angel of the Lord. He said unto him, if now... I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest to me. First Samuel chapter 3 and verse 9 says, uh, this is where God begins to reach out to Samuel and begins to speak to him. And, and it says that, 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 uh, that Eli, the high priest that Samuel was, uh, was tied to and working with, he, he tells them, because he senses that something is going on, he says in First Samuel 3, 9, Therefore Eli is said unto Samuel go and lie down and if it shall and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say speak lord for thy servant heareth so Samuel went and laid down in his place first Samuel chapter 3 or chapter 7 rather in verse number 3 of that chapter the the Israelites are are, are wondering why that the ark of the covenant has been gone and they realize that they need to be right with God Samuel speaks to them and says this unto all the house of Israel saying if you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts then put away your strange gods of Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord 
Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. Second Chronicles 7.15, we could almost quote it, if, if not for sure quote it, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn uh, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Daniel chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 tells us of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they are responding to the king's decree when he's challenging them for not bowing down and worshiping the idol which he had set up. And it says that Shadrach in verse 16, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I know that's a lot of scripture for you tonight, but I, I will tie this all together because there is a similarity that we find in each one of those scriptures I just read to you tonight. History tells us, you know, it was kind of fitting. Uh, me and, me and uh, Cameron spoke real briefly before he opened tonight, and I, I told him I was giving this example and lined up with his his Revolutionary War thing. I, you know I love history. You know that he loves history, and we might as well just keep talking about it. But uh, the history tells us uh, that around... May 10th of 1775 that that there was a decree from Philadelphia to all 13 colonies to come and to assemble in what we know now as the Second Continental Congress. These men traveled from all 13 colonies to represent each colony, and not as, in, as individual states, but they did not know that they at that time would be birthing a nation. They knew that there was some things going on that, that Lexington and Concord had happened, the Boston Massacre had happened, they knew that conflict was at hand and that they needed to speak with one another, but it would go on and lead into, uh, lead into one of the greatest founding documents that a nation ever put uh, pen to paper on, and that is the Declaration of Independence, was, which was presented to the Second, con second con ugh, if I can talk, Second Continental Congress in 1776 on July the 2nd and then was voted on and affirmed on July the 4th. So that's why we celebrate Independence Day. What does all these scriptures that I read to you from our opening text in Luke 22 all through the Old Testament uh, and, and, and my story with the Second Continental Congress have to do with anything tonight? Uh, here's what I, I want to present to you. If you notice in all those scriptures I read to you, there was one word that appeared in all of them, and it was if. It was if. If you read all those scriptures I gave to you, they all had the word if. Jesus is saying, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. What, what is if? If is something that can be used to uh, draw a, a question or ask a question, but it's also something in asking a question that almost just demands a choice needs to be made. 
It is a word that says a choice needs to be made. And, and what does that have to do with the Second Continental Congress? What, what was going on is that there were men in that room and they were in an if moment. There were men in that room that were saying, if we do this, things will never be the same. If we go through with this, we're traitors to the crown. We're traitors to King George and Great Britain. We're traitors to Parliament over there that if, if, if we do not win this thing, if we do not win this thing and come out on the winning side, we'll all be hung. We'll be hung together. We'll be hung separately, whatever, but we'll all be hung and we'll all be tarred and feathered. We'll be considered rebels and revolutionaries. We'll be considered just people of rebellion. We'll just vanquish away in the history books hardly ever mentioned. There was an if moment. Jesus in our text was in an if moment. He said, Father, if you be willing, let this cup pass from me. But, but Brother Chris, he says, but your will be done, not my will, but your will be done. I'll do what you want me to do. And, and, and you say, what is, why, what is that such a big deal? Do you realize uh, that in that moment, Jesus, that if moment, uh, that Jesus was saying, if I go through with this, uh, it will change everything uh, for all time. If I do this, uh, it will not only alter, uh, it will not only alter uh, uh, human history, uh, but it will uh, break down divides uh, in the spirit. It will do something uh, that will be echoed from the eons and ages to ages. Uh, this will be a monumental occasion. Uh, but God, I'm in this if moment. I, I don't know what I should do. If I should go right. Uh, if I should go left. If I should go straight. Uh, God, I don't know uh, what I must do. But he says, nevertheless, uh, he said, not my will, uh, but thy will uh, be done in my life. So we see all these texts. All these men of God are in an if moment. We could even throw Esther in there. She says, if I perish, I perish. You say, what does that have to do with anything tonight? I, I, I really believe that the Lord just really downloaded this into my spirit over the past few days uh, that the church of the living God in this nation uh, are in an if moment. Uh, we have a decision to make. Uh, and Brother, Brother Cameron alluded to it in opening. Uh, are we going to continue in the mundane and the religious activity that we live in? Uh, or are we going to make up in, my mind, in our minds uh, that God... This is not enough, but there is something more that you want to do in this city. There's something more that you want to do in my life. Listen, you have a choice tonight. Are you going to live with the depression or are you going to break free from the depression? You have a choice tonight. God, I'm going to accept the call and I'm going to run after the call of God. You see, it's an if moment. If I do, I might have to sacrifice some things. But if I don't... I'll, I'll gain this whole world, but yet I will lose my soul. You see, each one of these individuals that I read to you tonight, in this if moment, they had a decision to make, and their decision would alter the course.
course of nations. It would alter the course of all human history. It would alter the course of their family's life. And it all came down to an if. God, if you're with me, who can be against? God, I've made up in my mind that I'm going to do what you're calling me to do because if I don't, nothing will change. Nothing will be different. It'll be the same as it always was. I'll be the same as I always was. My children will be the same as they always were. My city will be the same as they always were. These men in that Second Continental Congress knew if they made if they made the choice to put their name on that declaration of independence that their life in human history would be changed forever. And you say, well, I'm just living in a small town. I, I go to a small church. I want you to know that the decisions that God is presenting before you in the seasons of life that you're in have monumental effects decades from now. You see, these men had to weigh in the balance if I choose to do what God is calling me and asking me to do. It's going to cost me something. A young girl, if I'm not mistaken, it might, it might have been 1955. A young girl in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't do it now, do it later. Young girl went to get on a bus and she said, I can sit where I always sat. But if I sit... In the white section of the bus, it's going to cost me something. Her name was Rosa Parks. We know her as a civil rights hero. She said I, she weighed out in her mind. She knew the law. She knew what the law said. She knew what the Jim Crow South had instituted in their cities and in their states. She knew the consequences. But she said, if I do this, it might change something. It might alter something. Listen, I want you to realize that the, the development in the modern age that we had all began with ifs. If I do this, if, if I just connect some of these things, maybe I could create an iPhone. Maybe if I do this, if I decide to do this, maybe I'll be able to, to alter a projection and be able to have a TV screen up on the wall. What if I do the innovation? comes through an if but ifs come with a cost I may not be preaching to anybody tonight maybe I'm preaching to myself but what I want you to understand is that God is calling each and every one of you to do something for the kingdom of God. And you're in a moment where it's like God but if I do this I might have to give up this do you realize when Rosa Parks stepped on that bus and sat down and refused to be moved from that white section, do you realize she was losing all of her security? She was losing and giving up all the comfort that she may have known. She probably rode that bus day in and day out and had sit in the right section, sit in the black section of the bus. She'd probably done that day in and day out for years. But on that day, she says, if I do this, 
I may lose some things, but what will it gain? What will it gain? Let me, let me, let me put it to you this way. When, 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 when Gideon was found in an if moment, he says, listen, angel, if you're really of God, uh, I need to know if you're God. Why did he need to know? Why did he know? He said, I need to know uh, if this is worth fighting for. Uh, and if you are worth fighting for, uh, I'll go forward with you. Uh, the angel of God appears to him, uh, speaks to him, shows him a sign. Uh, and you know what he does? He says, all right, uh, I realize that God is with me. Uh, so I'm going to tear down altars. Uh, that were made for idols. I'm going to change something in my city. I'm going to change something in my land because we've been bombarded for seven years by the Midianites. But God has brought me to this place and if I stand here and be idle, my people will be overrun. But if I stand up and say God is with me, who can be against me? I'll set a nation free. Read through all these texts. We, we, we get into 1 Samuel chapter 3. What if, what if Eli did not sense what was going on? What, what if he didn't realize that God was calling out to Samuel? Would Samuel have become a voice for a nation? Would he have become God's man to speak to his people? What if... Eli did not discern that something was going on. And he said, Samuel, you need to respond and say, Here I am, Lord, for your servant heareth. Why? Because it will alter the times that we live in. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, Samuel's bringing the people of God together. And he says, listen, if you want God to fight your enemies, uh, you're going to have to make up in your mind uh, that you're going to give up the garbage and the filth that you're living with. Uh, get rid of the sexuality. That's what Ashtoreth, uh, she was a goddess of sexuality. He says, you have to give up your sexuality. Uh, you have to give up uh, all the immorality that you find yourself in. Uh, you have to give up some things. Uh, but if you give up some things, uh, I promise you, that God will give you the victory. Can I preach to you tonight, church? There are some things in our life that may not be wrong. There are things in our life that may be simple in our minds. Well, what's the big deal if I'm on Facebook? What's the big deal if I'm on Instagram? What's the big deal if Monday nights is this night? I go out and do this. What's the big deal if I'm a hunter and I want to spend time in the world? Listen, I'm not preaching against any of those things, but here's what I'm telling you what if God is asking you to lay some things in your life to the side and what if you find yourself in a place of prayer in a, in a relationship that you've never known before and Connorsville is turned upside down because you made up in your mind God I know I know there's more than this God I know I'm not going to live the way I've been living I'm not going to do what I've been doing but God if change is going to come I'm in my city. I've got to be changed by the power of your Holy Ghost. Come to the music tonight. We read 2 Chronicles 7 14. And oftentimes I say it, I say it so much, pastors probably heard me say so much. We read that text, Sister Katie, and all we hear. God will heal our land. 
we pray, God will heal our land. That's not what the verse says. It says, if you choose to pray, to seek my face, to turn from your wicked ways, he said, then I will hear from heaven, forgive your sins, and heal your land. He said, what does that, let me tell you. God needs to heal this city. God needs to heal some hearts maybe in this house tonight. Michael, God has the power to heal land, to heal cities, to heal lives. But it all hinges on the if. I don't know if you've realized or not, tonight or not, but if is literally in the word life. There's a lot of ifs. If I go this way, if I go that way, if I trust this and if I don't trust that, there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs, but there's only one life on this earth. I want to ask you, when you stand before Christ one day, are you going to tell Him, well, well if, I, if I would have done what you were asking me to do, I wouldn't have been able to live as comfortably as I, I should have. I wouldn't have been able to give my kids this great education. I wouldn't have been able to afford this and afford that. His response to you would be, but if you would have done what I asked you to do, if you would have chose correctly, why didn't you believe my word? I said I'd supply all your needs. But if God, if, 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 what if the Second Continental Congress decided it wasn't worth it? What if Jesus in our text tonight decided, you know what, God, this cup is too much to bear. Bring me home. Jesus said it. He said, do you not know that I can call angels from heaven to rescue me? Do you not realize that there's a way out for me? Why did he remain? Because there may have been a way out for him, but there was no way out for you, for me. And in that moment in the garden with anguish and, and such, such a burden on him that his sweat turned. And it's literally a medical condition. It's proven that a person can be under so much strenuous uh, stress, uh, such stress and agony that they can literally sweat to the point that, that blood pores begin to open in their sweat glands and they will sweat drops of blood. 
in that moment with such agony and such a burden on him not only was he about to take on sin but he was about to be separated from his father because of the sin he was about to carry in that garden he said if I don't do this there's no way for them Three Hebrew boys standing before the king. The music plays and they're supposed to bow. But Carly, they began to talk with one another and say, if we do this, we're not going to be set apart. We're not going to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We're not going to be like God had called us to be, we're going to be like everyone else. And this has been on my heart so heavy today. I want you to realize, how many, how many would show of hands say that you know that Jesus has set you free? Just, I mean, just be honest. Jesus set me free. What He set you free from. Sin? Yeah. Anxiety? Yes. Fear? Yes. Depression? Yes. Insecurities? Yes. You name it. He's delivered you from it. But one thing that we don't talk about in the church enough is He's also freed you from the world. And in that moment, they said, we can be like everyone else. But if we choose not to be, there's going to be some fire. There's going to be some, some indignation rise up in this world. And they're going to persecute us. And when that king says, listen, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace, it is done. What say you? He said, if you throw us in the furnace, our God's able to deliver us. And if he doesn't deliver us, you'll still know. That we won't bow. Because when the if involves sacrifice, we turn from it. But men and women of God in this book that we read from, this holy book, men and women of God through ages of the early church, persecution by the Roman, men and women of God, said, but if, if I don't sacrifice my children and my children's children and their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, who will know the power of God? If you stand with me across this house, 500 at the ascension but 120 says if we if we stay here we'll be endued with power from on high 380 couldn't make the sacrifice brother Michael there, there, was, a, there was a religious activity going on there was something else going on and 
They had to be a part of it. But 120 says, if we leave here, we will not inherit the blessing. Do you realize we would not be here if it was not for sacrifice? Not only on Jesus' part, but the founding pastor of this house, Pastor Willie, sacrificed things. Our pastor has sacrificed things. Many of you have sacrificed things. But I want to ask you tonight, how many's ever heard of George Washington? Great man. Abraham Lincoln, great man. Rosa Parks, great woman. Neil Armstrong, we consider him a great man. We can go down through history and just name all these people. Smith Wigglesworth, great man. John G. Lakes, great man. Praying John Hyde. Great man. Catherine Coolman, great woman. But do you realize great people and great things happen through great sacrifice? You may say, well, well, well everything seems good in my life, Brother Jade. Everything seems good in my life. But if you just continue to say, God, I'll lay it down. Whatever it is, God, lay it, I'll, I'll lay it down. I, I'll give it to you. I'll surrender it to you. Why? Because I don't want just me to feel good. I want that person that sits in the cubicle next to me to feel what I feel. To have what I have. It's a choice. It's an if. If we remain the same, things will be the same. But if we go further in our relationship and our walk with God, things will change. Why will things change? Because you're being changed. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Why is that so important? He says, so you will know the good and perfect will of God. Said it once, I'll say it for the rest of my life. Everybody wants to transform mind, but nobody wants verse 1, the laid down life. Oh, I want to transform mind. I don't want to be conformed to this world. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Because you're not presenting your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I'll read one more portion of Scripture for you and we're done. Joshua chapter 24. Beginning in verse 14, Joshua begins to declare to the people. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. What did he do to him? He said, you're in an if moment. What are you going to choose? Do you want work to be the same? Do you want Wednesday nights to be the same? 
do you want to be the same? But God, I'm comfortable here. Listen. The Bible tells us in in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 21 that Moses was content to stay with his father Jethro. He had a wife, he had a family. He was content. But being content was not setting people free. Rosa Parks may have been content, but it wasn't setting people free. 55 men that signed the Declaration of Independence may have been content, but they weren't free. Joshua says, you got to choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers or the gods of the Amorites. But he says, I've already made my choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. This, this may not mean anything to you tonight, huh? I just preach what the Lord give me. But my Bible tells me in John chapter 4, or John chapter 14 rather, sorry. He looks at his disciples and he says, paraphrasing here, you'll do greater works than me. I want to know where the greater's at. I want to know where it's at. Do you realize this? Well, I, oh, Pastor Jade, I don't want controversy. I don't want, I don't want drama. I don't want. Do you realize that Jesus' ministry was full of controversy and drama? Luke chapter 4, he goes into the synagogue and, and he, he begins to read in his, his hometown. He says that God has anointed me. He's anointed me to preach freedom to the captives. He's he's anointed me to heal blinded eyes. He's anointed me to to heal the broken and the bruised. And everybody's watching him as he goes and he hands the scroll to the priest and he sits down and he says, today, knowing how controversial it would be, he says, today this has been fulfilled in your ears. What if Jesus would have just sat there? What if? What if? What if? What if? I'm done. I've went too long. We're going to come and we're going to pray. What if? What if I pray for them and they're not healed? What if you pray for them and they're healed? But God, it's Walmart. What if? It's Kroger. What if? It's work. What if? Father, I don't know them. What if? Well, it's just Connorsville. What if? Well, God, I want revival, but I... I, What if? 
What if you don't lay it down? What if you don't give it up? What if Jesus in our text tonight said, take the cup. I don't want it. Not afraid of the controversy. Not afraid of the sacrifice. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy says, I'm ready to be poured out as a sacrifice. I've fought the good fight. I've, I've ran the race. What if? So I ask you tonight. If you want to change the course of your family's history, your history, maybe even this city or this nation's history. You say, well, I'm just an intercessor. What if? you're here tonight and say, God, I'm all in. I want you to come. I want you to pray. Hi, everybody. It's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.